The Yak Legion Podcast and the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcast are sponsored by the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. You can reach them at BuckeyeKayakFishingTrail.com. Strictly Sail in Blue Ash, Ohio. Reach out to Brian for all your Hobie needs at 513-984-1907. And American Tackle Company. You can find them at americantackle.us. You're listening to the Yak Legion Podcast. Howdy tonight, guys. Guys and gals, boys and girls, welcome. So tonight we have the kayak camping episode with Waterborne Camper as a YouTube YouTuber. He's been on the podcast several times now. Corey's a great guy, and he's always a fun guy to talk to. Uh, the topic today will be food prep. Uh, a couple tournaments going on right now. The Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail had their multi-species um, buddy slam tournament this weekend. So good luck to everybody. I don't know if they <coughs> they had the standings for that released yet, but um, I'll get back with you soon with all that information. And I'm sure you, there's more information to come on the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcast. So Cincinnati Kayak Fishing... Uh, they're run by Strictly Sailing Kayak in Blue Ash, Ohio. I just want to say thanks to the Tasty family for running this tournament. They did a 150-mile radius tournament from Great American Ballpark, and it was just a lot of fun. A lot of sticks out here in this tournament. Now, Cincinnati Kayak Fishing, you can find them on Facebook. Find them online. They have a website now, and you can find their schedule and Come out and participate with us, guys. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, the results were released uh, just a little bit ago. Um, let's see. At first place, we have Brent Jones. He won with two 21-inch fish, guys. He finished with 61 and a quarter inches. Brad Hicks from the Paddle and Fin podcast. He finished second place with 56 and a quarter inches. Third place, Andrew Carpenter with 54 and three quarter inches. Fourth place, Michael Grimsley with 54 and a half. Brian King in fifth and sixth, Chad Turner. So great turnout, guys. There's a lot of people in this tournament and a lot of goose eggs and a lot of people caught some fish and Congratulations to everybody who did good in this. And thanks again to the Tasty family and everybody involved in the Cincinnati Kayak Fishing Trail. And uh, we appreciate everything you guys do. And I look forward to the next tournament and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll rock it, guys. <laughs> I know it was a nasty day. It was cold. It was rainy. It was windy. Chocolate milk water everywhere I went. It was pretty miserable. I um, took out my perception striker. I rigged it for my pond hopping operation. I decided with the high winds today that I was going to uh, hit up wildlife area ponds. And I was going to jump pond to pond to pond. Well, that's what I did today. And I didn't really have nothing to show for it. But you can check out my whole setup um, for pond hopping. 
in my kayak, in my Perception Striker kayak on YouTube. Just recorded a video today. I've been working a lot with my YouTube channel, recording and making uh, future content for you guys. And I hope everybody enjoys. And I'm working with the Christian a lot with his channel and trying to put out some quality content. I hope you guys enjoy. And I appreciate everybody that listens. We'll get right into the interview here with Corey. Now a word about all the awesome companies who support the Yak Legion and Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcasts. Venom Lures. Venom Lures in Lancaster, Ohio is known for their great soft plastics and terminal tackle. They have been providing quality products from right here in Ohio since 1984. Mr. Dustin Carnes is the new owner of Venom Lures and inventor of the DK Rig. It's a weedless version of the Ned Rig that's taking the fishing world by storm. Check them out at VenomLures.com. Strictly Sailing Kayak. Strictly Sailing Kayak is located in Kenwood Road in Blue Ash, Ohio. They sell Hobie, New Canoe, Feel Free, Three Waters, and Johnny Boat kayaks. They've been providing high quality service to fishermen and watercraft enthusiasts since 1978. Reach out to Brian Tacey at 513-984-1907 or check them out at strictlysailinc.com. American Tackle. American Tackle, the inventors of the microwave line guide system, sells a variety of terminal tackle and fishing lures along with custom rods and accessories. You can find them at americantackle.us. Dakota Lithium Batteries. Tired of your fish finder powering down halfway through the day? Sick of replacing batteries year after year? No need to fear because Dakota Lithium is here. Dakota Lithium makes the best outdoor batteries hands down with many options and accessories to power your electronics while on your kayak or in boat. Check them out on Facebook and at dakotalithium.com. Arachnet Security System. Keep your valuables safe under the net as a giant black widow spider guards your gear. The Arachnet Security System, great for kayaks, tents, campers, and all that gear packed in the back of your truck. The Arachnet Security System can be found at arachnet.net. Real Fishing Co. Need a logo or decals for your business or YouTube channel? Custom gear with your brand's image? Check out Real Fishing Company at realfishingco.com. Steve Davidson does great work and even made the logo for Yak Legion. The Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. The biggest kayak fishing trail in Ohio and holds fishing events all over the Buckeye State. Check out the website at buckeyekayakfishingtrail.com for event information and details. Come out and fish with us. Check out the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcast on Anchor.fm and all other major podcast apps. It's the official Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail Podcast. We talk with tournament trail winners and get the juicy details on how they won. Thanks everyone for listening to the podcast and all the support. You can follow Yak Legion on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at The Yak Legion Podcast. You can email us with any questions at the the Yak Legion Podcast at gmail.com. We have Yak Legion decals for sale on the Facebook page. Every decal sold goes a long way to support the podcast. Don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will give you a shout-out on the podcast to stay, say thanks for the support. All right, we are back with Corey from Waterborne Camper on YouTube. We're here for Kayak Camping Corner, guys. So get ready. We're going to do some more camping talk. And uh, how's it going, Corey? Not bad, Zach. How are you? Oh, pretty good, man. Fishing the wind, the rain, and the 
the wind today. <laughs> the wind, the rain, the storms, the cold weather, man. It was a nasty day of fishing. Uh, what about you? What have you been into? You catch anything? No, no, I didn't really catch nothing at all. <laughs> Pretty bad day, man. All the water down here is chocolate milk. I decided to hop some ponds at our local wildlife areas, and I just did not have a very good day of fishing at all, man. Uh, I know you were telling me before we got on the podcast that you just took your kayak out for the first time this year. Yeah, the girlfriend and I just got out for the first time yesterday. It was pretty nice, actually, so we went for a short paddle just on the stream here by our house, but uh, haven't been out fishing yet. They postponed the beginning of fishing season here by two weeks because of the coronavirus. It just opened up uh, the day before yesterday, but I haven't had a chance to go out and get my license yet, so. Man, that's kind of that's kind of rough, man. You guys got seasons for fishing, like you can't just fish all year round up there. You can fish, like you can ice fish in the winter, but only for certain certain fish. Oh, I got gotcha. you, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So getting into the episode, man, what do you have for us this month? Uh, I was thinking this week or this month, I guess we talk about food because <laughs> that's a common question that I get a lot about kayak camping. What do you take for food? How do you Plan for meals for a long trip when you're way out in the woods and you can't just run into the grocery store. So I figured we'd talk about that this time. We talked last time about uh, lowering your weight through uh, your your cooking gear and how you're cooking. I mentioned if you want to lower some weight, if you're having a fire where you're camping, if that's a possibility, always try to cook off the fire because that's, of course, less fuel you have to bring with you. But on the other side of that, food is fuel for the human body, so you want to make sure you always have lots of good meals planned and prepped and with you if you're taking a long trip especially because you need that food, so – yeah, there's there's definitely a bit of planning that goes into that because usually when I'm going camping, I'm bringing hot dogs, hamburgers, and watermelons sometimes, <laughs> you know. And, you know, you can't load your kayak down with that and go down the river for a few days. Uh, you have to pack lighter. You have to pack more efficient. Um, so how would you go about doing that, man? What kind of stuff do you bring? Yeah, I mean, I was the same way when I first started going out. I'd bring hot dogs or great big T-bone steak and but as you go on, you you find that's just not really as good as a T-bone steak is. Don't get me wrong. I hardly ever bring raw meat with me now. That's one thing. Like you got to worry about cross contamination when you bring raw meat. So I hardly yeah. ever do that. I usually either cook stuff or dehydrate it when I'm bringing it with me. So that's one big tip. Uh, another tip I always give out to people, or that I always say to people. If you're going to bring fresh food that isn't dehydrated, a good way to make it last longer if you're taking a long trip, I like to put food in two separate coolers. And the second cooler, I'll keep that sealed until like the second, third day. Like don't open it at all. So there's no chance of cold escaping or warm air getting in. So that food's obviously going to stay fresh a lot longer in that cooler. Makes sense. What coolers do you typically use? Uh, I always use soft coolers because I'm generally in kayaks. I take the canoe once in a while, but I do mostly camp out of my kayak. So I usually use soft coolers because they're easier, obviously, to strap to the top or put behind your seat or whatever. But I have a a real nice polar bear cooler. Have you ever seen those? 
Yeah. It wasn't cheap, but it's it works great. I've kept that. I went out last summer for a six-day trip, and I didn't open that cooler until day four, and there was still ice in it. Wow. Wow. I have an Ozark Trail cooler, and I have an Ozark Trail tumbler, which is sort of the knockoff Yeti. It's a Walmart brand of Yeti. And um, basically, Yeti lost their patent a few years back. So now everybody can make Yeti coolers, you know, like the same way that the Yeti made it. Because Yeti can keep your keep your ice for days. Now, Ozark Trail, this stuff I've got is just as good. That tumbler, I mean, I'll be fishing all day long in the heat, like 90 degree heat, 100 degree heat. And it keeps ice all day long, man. So having an important cooler on a, on a, especially on a longer kayak camping trip, like for several days, I'd say is, is very important. For sure. And another big trip, another big trick that we've found is that uh, Jessica went to the dollar store and she got like uh, some cooler liners, I guess they are. They're made out of the same material that you'd put across your windshield when you're parking for a few days, that like uh, reflective material. Oh, I got Anyway, you. so she uh, kind of cut those into strips, I guess, put some rope on them, and we tie those around our coolers, and it... I swear that makes a huge difference because you're reflecting all the sunlight off of it. It makes a huge difference as far as how cool it keeps them out in the wow. sun all day when you're out of the water. It's a, we'll have to it try was such that. a cheap hack, but it works great. Well, sounds like a great idea. Now, do you do dehydrate your food, Eddie? Do you have a dehydrator? I do have a dehydrator. Uh, I I use a lot of the store bought stuff too. I find Mountain House. Makes a pretty good, makes pretty good dehydrated stuff. But uh, yeah, I use my dehydrator. Uh, beef dehydrates really well as far as meat. Sausage dehydrates really well. So anything you can make with that, like uh, spaghetti, or you can bring a bunch of dehydrated vegetables in your beef and make like uh, a shepherd's pie. If you have a reflector oven, like we talked about before. I have that little lightweight reflector oven. It takes up no space when it's folded down. You set it up by the fire. You rehydrate your vegetables during the day. You put it all together. Just leave it sitting there while you're farting around the campsite for like an hour, and you get a fresh-baked shepherd's pie ready to go when you're like four days into a trip. And that is is so great when you're that far into a trip, four or five days, and you've got something like that looking at you for supper. It's like, wow. Really lifts your spirits having something good in your stomach, you know. Oh yeah, especially sure. something hot. You know, when yeah. I go on long trips, um, like long kayak fishing trips, to where I'm not really camping, but I'm not eating, preparing meals throughout the day, and I will bring a lot of cheese and and nuts. I'm a big nut and seed yeah. eater, and um, those are pretty lightweight to carry, and um, they don't spoil. They last for a long time. And um, that's that'd be a good choice too, I'd say, for a long camping trip, man. Stocking up on your nuts and cheese. <laughs> for sure, I always take a great big bag of trail mix. Sometimes I make my own trail mix. There's lots of dried fruits that you can get that are really good, or you can make your own if you have a dehydrator. Uh, you ever had moon cheese? No, what's that? It's like dehydrated cheese. You can buy it. It comes in like a little uh, resealable, like mylar or whatever it's called bag i'd always take a few bags of the, out with me it's a great snack because 
it's hard to take like chips or something if you crave something salty because they're gonna probably get stale or they're gonna get crunched up and mushed yeah anytime i take potato chips it never works out man they always i know the first few times i went out i was like oh take some chips because you're gonna get you know the salty munchies after supper right yeah you always end up with the bag popped or they're half stale or so then you try and take like pringles you think maybe that's gonna work but i don't know but yeah moon cheese has been my go-to for my kind of salty snack it's great it's just dehydrated cheese basically uh but you can bring like protein bars there's a lot of protein bars that you can get that make a great snack that travel well uh jerkies obviously beef jerky i like turkey jerky a lot that's usually my go-to and salt, salty snacks is important too, really. When you're outside in the heat and you're sweating all day, um, anything salty, like that's going to help you feel better. I know when you get sweating all day, you, you know you're you're usually use, losing your electrolytes and you're losing your salt. So uh, refueling with the salt, man, that can really lift your spirits and keep you going longer. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and that's a uh, you're. If you're out, especially by yourself, I find for a couple days, you're going to, as hard as you try not to, you're going to snack out of the, I don't want to say boredom, but you're yeah. sitting there by yourself and you're going to want snacks. So make sure you bring even more snacks than you probably anticipate you're going to want because you're probably going to eat them, I find. Yeah. <laughs> I've always got snacks in my kayaks. Uh for apples oranges bananas you know i'm munching always munching around so what let me think so you're planning a five-day trip right you're going to go down the river by yourself what are some stuff that you're preparing and prepping and uh what are you taking with you okay so uh first i'll say one thing i try to do is i plan all my meals out ahead of time so i know exactly what i'm having for each meal and I'll usually write it down and bring the list with me. So I don't even have to think about it. I just look at the list. Okay, it's day three. It's supper time. This is what I got to grab. But uh, I'll just go through some of the common things that I usually have for each meal. Like for breakfast, uh, breakfast wraps. Can't go wrong with that. Just brings some eggs. I like to bring – I usually don't bring, like, uh, raw eggs, but I bring – you know, you can get those little, like, milk cartons full of eggs. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so I usually bring that in my cooler, scramble up some eggs, maybe fry up some bacon or something, have some breakfast wraps. That's great what breakfast, are you frying your eggs like, in? early on in the trip. What's that? What are you frying your eggs in? Oh, I bring a little uh, frying pan. I have, like, a little collapsible. Or not collapsible, but uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. They all fit inside okay. of each other. Yeah, like little camp bands. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, so early in the trip, that's usually one of my go-tos if I'm out for a few days, the breakfast wraps. Uh, If you're out in berry season, you can pick some fresh berries. Pancakes and berries are always good. Uh, Yeah, I saw your YouTube. I'm sorry. I saw your YouTube channel. You you did a video where you're picking blueberries and uh, cooking with them. Yeah, there's one uh, river that we go on a lot around here, the Macadavic, and the road down to where we put in, it's just an old dirt road. I think it was used by a construction team or something years ago, but anyway, the whole 
both sides of that road are just lined with blueberries late in the summer and early in the fall. So wow. anytime we go down through there early or that time in the season, we always make sure and stop and grab a whole bunch of blueberries for snacks or the next morning we'll have pancakes with fresh berries in them. Sounds good. Yeah, it's great. Uh, especially if you want to do, even if you want to take a little protein powder, you can mix that in with your pancakes. If you're not, if you're worried about not getting any meat with your pancakes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dehydrated hash browns are good for, for breakfast. And uh, ham steaks travel well. Because a lot of times you can buy those. They're pre-cooked. They're vacuum sealed in, in a package. So they travel well in a cooler. And uh, I'll take some protein smoothies even sometimes for breakfast. Make those at home, a little protein powder, some fruit like bananas, blueberries, mangoes. Uh, they travel well. So. Wow. Uh, for, lunch, for lunch, usually, uh, if, if you're moving downriver, say, what, like usually I'm camping on a river, so I'm moving along through the day. I don't want to stop and cook something. I usually just want to eat something, like I said, some meat and cheese or a quick wrap out of the cooler with some lunch meat in a Tupperware thing or Will you, you know, cook extra you food in the morning for the afternoon? That way you don't have What's to stop and cook again. Will you cook extra food in the morning for your afternoon so that way you don't have to cook during the afternoon? That's a good point too. You can do that. Yeah. Like I yeah, I usually don't like to stop for too long to eat in the afternoon. So I usually try to keep it pretty simple for, for the lunch. Makes sense. But, uh, for suppers, like a good go-to for me is uh, like a shepherd's pie, like I mentioned. Or uh, you can make like a soup or a chili. Those things all are pretty easy to pack for. Like you can take some baby potatoes and some baby carrots, uh, some soup broth or some bouillon cubes, I guess. And uh, you could even boil your chicken at home, put it in a baggie. That takes like five minutes throw together just heat it up by the fire and you got a great big soup great warm pot of soup ready to go so man sounds pretty good those are some of the ideas general ideas that i could give out for meal ideas if you're going out kayak camping you want to keep your weight down you want to keep the meals simple you don't want to have raw meat in your cooler like i say you want to think of things that travel easily that aren't gonna get mushed or bruised or whatever in your cooler they're not gonna uh, leak containers that aren't gonna leak <laughs> yeah exactly so those are all things to keep in mind when you're planning out your meals when you're going kayak camping for sure so are you a coffee drinker i'm not a coffee drinker jessica's a coffee drinker she likes the uh starbucks single serve packets i think they're called what do you use to heat that up? Do you use like a jet boil or do you do that over the fire? We bring a jet boil, but uh, usually just have a little like army canteen, heat some water up by the fire. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, man, that sounds good. Uh, definitely planning a multi-day trip, you know, packing light and packing plenty. It's very important. Something I've been kind of interested in is just take going on a fishing trip Maybe maybe not five days, maybe you know two or three nights, and just bring in potatoes and lemon pepper, and aluminum foil, and just catch it every meal. You know, fish for every meal, 
and at least do a couple nights of doing that. And uh, I like to take the aluminum foil and I'll fillet the fish and, you know, I'll, I'll find a clean stream or find some clean water and I'll, I'll clean off the blood real good. And I'll put, I sprinkle lemon pepper on it and then I fold it into the aluminum foil. And then once you got your campfire going, you just uh, take your potatoes, put them in aluminum foil, take your fish fillets and throw them in the coals. Like you get a good fire going, you get some coals going, just throw them on top of the coals and flip them. And probably 15, 20 minutes, they're done. Usually it takes about, usually I put my potatoes in first. It usually takes about half hour. It depends on how hot the fire is. About half hour to 40, 40 minutes to get your potato nice and nice and soft. But usually the fish only takes about 15, 20 minutes. Nice. Yeah, we've we've caught fish before and like uh, almost steamed it. You You dig a deep hole, you make a fire. You let the fire pretty much burn down to coals or embers. You wrap your fish in like some uh, leaves or something, and then you put it on top of the uh, coals. You bury it all back in with sand if you're on a sandy beach somewhere. Let that sit for a couple hours. You dig that back up, unwrap the fish. It's so tasty. What is that called? That's like a Dutch oven, right? You could do a lot of cooking with uh, burying coals like that. There's a name for it. Yeah, I saw it. I I can't remember, but I know here in America the rednecks like to they'll they'll put a pig in the ground, like an old Hank Williams Jr. <laughs> song. You know, all my rowdy boys, all my rowdy friends coming over tonight, and he's singing about putting a putting a pig in the ground. And I remember I had a uh, an uncle that did that when I was a kid, but I was too young to really remember how he did it. But I remember they put coals in, they dug a hole, they put coals in the ground. Um, they had that big pig wrapped up in something. I can't remember what they had it wrapped up in. They stuck it in the ground and buried it. And, uh, man, they left it in there, I think, for 24 hours. And uh, come out the next day, man, that, that meat on that pork was so juicy. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. If you, you get the right conditions and the time and the patience to cook that way, it's great. I recommend it. I like to do them over a spigot myself. That way I can, you know, work the spigot all night and drink me, uh, drink myself to stupid. (laughs) (laughs) My buddy had a wedding a few years ago. It was a redneck wedding. We had a big bonfire out in the back of uh, this farm, his grandpa's farm. (laughs) We stayed up all night the night before. He had a rotisserie machine, and we had to make sure that rotisserie machine kept running all night long, man. And I think we drank. We started it. Probably six, five or six in the evening, and we drank all night long watching that pig spin round and round and round. <laughs> was it worth it, though? Oh, yeah, man. And then uh, I, I was in the wedding. I was one of the groomsmen, and we were all hung over. But then towards after the wedding, we all started drinking again. We also got drunk again, man. And they had this big bonfire, man. They had all these downed trees and they all took a bull. They took a bulldozer and pushed all these trees in the middle of the field. And this tree pile was probably 20 foot tall. And they took a gasoline. They threw it around, you know, like rednecks do, and then made a Molotov cocktail and lit the cocktail, flew, flung it on the fire, man, and boosh! It party started, man. It was a lot of fun. Probably the, the most fun I've ever had at a wedding is a redneck wedding. <laughs> Sounds like the kind of thing I want to get an invite to. Yeah, man. If you're ever in Ohio, I could show you some redneck stuff. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's great, man. So when's your next trip? Are you planning one? Uh, well, originally it was going to be the May long weekend up here. Uh, do you guys have a long weekend? Yeah, Memorial Day week? weekend, yeah. Okay, yeah, up here it's Victoria Day, so I'm in Canada <laughs> for those who haven't heard our previous episodes. But it was going to be on that weekend, but because of the whole lockdown crap with the COVID-19, yeah, you're only allowed to gather in small groups right now. So what was going to be a group trip originally, I think, is probably just going to end up being Jessica and I. But yeah, in a couple weeks, about three weeks, hopefully, we'll be going out for a night or two. Awesome, man. That's sweet. That's kind of yeah, romantic, too, going out there with your girl, right? You guys, you know, <laughs> sitting under the stars, you know, drinking a little bit of, you know, drinking some whiskey, maybe some some beer, you know. I'm lucky Get to find somebody guy. who enjoys it as much as I do, so. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's great when you find somebody that enjoys the outdoors as much as you do. And that's rare. I, when... somebody, I actually had somebody ask me once, like, oh, man, isn't it kind of a drag having to, like, bring your girlfriend along on these trips, kind of drag her along with you? Yeah. No, not at all. Like, she she pulls her weight big time. Like, she does every bit as much work on these trips as I do, sometimes more, so. Well, that's something special, man. That's awesome. See, do you have any more tips for us this month? Uh, I think that pretty much covers it as far as food and the common questions I've got. Uh, I'll come up with a cool topic again next month, I guess, based on some of the common questions I get. See what okay. takes. See where this takes us. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. For everybody listening, you can check out Corey on Waterborne Camper on YouTube. Uh, you're also on Facebook as well. Uh, why don't you give a shout out to your uh, social media tags? Yeah, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at uh, Waterborne Camper. Hopefully this, I know this was a lot of information I threw at you guys, but hopefully it gets the wheels turning. And if you want to get out for longer trips or if you've never been out at all kayak camping, hopefully this points you in the right direction at least. Oh, right away, man. And thanks for coming on the show. Corey's regularly becoming a part of the Yak Legion podcast, man. It's good to have you, buddy. Well, thanks again, man. Thanks for listening, everybody. And until next time, tight lines, be safe, stock up on toilet paper. And now for Yak Legion's Public Waters Highlight. Yep, we changed the name. I decided to go with this name. I like it a little bit better. And uh, we don't have to do this week to week. But uh, I am going to put a lot of effort into doing highlights for public water sections. So here we go, guys. This week's public water was uh, in Brown County. It is Bot Wildlife Area. It is two miles due south of Blanchester. It can be accessed from the Fayetteville-Blanchester Road. Approximately 18 acres. Um, the majority of the area is in Brown County with approximately 18 acres in Claremont County. So the terrain is mostly woods, uh, grass, and uh, there's two ponds here. So these ponds are what I kind of want to get to talking about. The area was a donation from Edward G. and Robert C. Bott as a memorial to their parents, Della Gates and Edward Charles Bott. The Division of Wildlife took possession of the property on May 7th, 1985. Now the area is mostly managed for bobwhite quail, cottontail, 
uh, gray and red fox squirrels. Deer are the most abundant game species. Raccoon, muskrat, skunk, possums, and waterfowl, and other major fur bear and game species. Woodcock frequent the area as well. So this place has two little ponds here. Um, they got some bass, some bluegill, and some channel cats. Mainly that's what the um, the ODNR stock in most of these wildlife area ponds. Sometimes you'll see some green sunfish in these ponds. I hadn't caught any monsters out of here, but I knew somebody that has caught some decent bass out of a wildlife area. So it's definitely a good one not to overlook. It's uh, pretty decently close to Indian Creek Wildlife Area there in Fayetteville. So there's lots of fishing opportunities for everybody, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Tight lines.